0: There you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera, and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey Hey there, welcome back to IWG Radio. We have Dr. Nicole and Brooke Scheller, the clinical nutritionist at IWG, and we are going to be talking about sunblock. So we are kicking off this weekend our Memorial Day celebrations and Hopefully the sun will be out uh, no matter where you are, but with that being said, uh, typically we are going to be taking out the sunblock, especially since our skin is uh, very pale going through this lovely winter, Um, and it's going to be the first time it's exposed to the sun in a while. So we thought it was a perfect opportunity to talk to you guys a little bit about sunblock and some of the major things that you really need to know when choosing your sunblock.
1: Yeah, I think this is the perfect time to talk about this because we're heading into the summer, so a long season ahead of us of wearing sunscreen. And I think it's something that we tend to forget about when we are making changes in our lifestyle. So we go ahead and we change our diet and we maybe start to exercise and then we start to change our personal products. But I think sunscreen is still one of those things that doesn't really get a lot of attention. And so, you know, we've learned more about how antiperspirants and certain types of deodorant are notorious for having things like aluminum in them but sunscreen is one that isn't really highlighted a lot so i think it's really good just to shed some light upon what are the safe alternatives for you and really how these sunscreens can affect your health so let's kick things off i'll have dr nicole um, even just give a brief introduction on functional medicine and really how personal products come into play too
0: yeah, well, what we really strive to do with functional medicine is we really strive to figure out what the root, cru- root cause of your problems are or your symptoms. And, you know, with women dealing with so many hormonal disruptions nowadays, and, you know, they're manifesting different conditions like PMS, uh, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, a lot of these things are indicators that we are experiencing some level of hormone imbalance. And uh, one of the really important things to understand is that the things that we put onto our bodies, not only in our bodies, can affect our hormones, and sunblock is one of those.
1: And that's right, because our skin is our largest organ, so anything that we put onto our skin does get absorbed into our body. So that's, you know, sunscreen, but anything like lotions and makeups and all those things we have to keep in mind, too. And I'm, I'm glad
0: you said that because, you know, some of the really uh, the top questions that I consider when really evaluating the ingredient label of sunblock is, is it going to penetrate my skin, which will then penetrate my tissues, because certain chemicals will get into the tissues and then stay there and just be a toxin to the body. Um, will it disrupt my hormones, which most unfortunately will? And then also, will it cause any type of skin irritation or skin allergies? So those are some of the primary concerns when you're thinking about using certain types of sunblock.
1: So why don't you a little bit further elaborate on that and tell us what are the major things that we need to be looking out for on the labels?
0: There's definitely a whole list of chemicals um, that are classified as chemical filters, and these are filtering out the UV light. Um, Oxybenzone is definitely going to be one of the primary, and then Avobenzone is going to be another one that is very abundant in a lot of the different brands of sunblock. There's a list of a couple others that are classified as chemical filters. Uh, We'll definitely make sure to list those for you as a reference as well, but I want to kind of keep this simple and focus a little bit more on the oxybenzone as well as the Avobenzone primarily because the oxybenzone is going to be in 70% of the commercial
1: sunscreens. And that was something I was going to mention because I think that most of the sunscreens that are um, commercial ones that are on the market, unless you know that it's more a more natural route and we'll talk about what those are, it's pretty much safe to assume that anything that's copper tone or some of those bigger brands, that those are going to contain these chemicals.
0: Yeah, it's... You know, they're all using different chemicals that are uh, cheap, essentially. So if they're cheap, then they're going to make their way into the product because then there is a bigger return on investment or more profit to be made. So you will see a lot of similarities in the ingredient labels with these commercial brands.
1: So what is, I know we talked about hormone disruption, but let's elaborate a little further on what the major problem is with some of these chemicals.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, especially when you're dealing with the two, the oxybenzone, uh, as well as the avobenzone, you know, the primary things that we're going to experience is going to be an increase in our estrogen levels. And then we're also going to see a decline in our um, androgens, um, as well as progesterone. So to sum that up and, and give you a clear picture of what that looks like is, You know, I think that a lot of us have heard about different cancers that can be estrogen positive, especially when you're dealing with breast cancer. I'm not saying that if you use too much sunblock, you're going to get cancer by any means. But, you know, having the higher levels of estrogen due to using these different sunblocks, this could be a contributing factor to the abundance of the estrogen. Some of the other more common things that you're going to experience with high levels of estrogen is going to be bad PMS. And when I say PMS, I think a lot of people automatically think mood, and yes, it can create uh, moodiness, irritability, but at the same time, it can create heavy bleeding, it can also create bad cramps, um, it can even cause clotting uh, to be released when you are menstruating. And once the estrogen gets even more abundant, that's when you manifest different things like polycystic ovarian syndrome endometriosis, as well as other types of fibroids or accumulation of tissue in the reproductive organs. So these are going to be some of the most common things that are reflective of high estrogen. So if you are somebody who has hormone imbalance and maybe you have made some changes to your diet and you've made some changes to the makeups or the shampoos that you're using, you also need to consider what you're using in the summer um, as your sunblock resource because this is a big contributing factor. You know, and another really important thing to understand is we, as, you know, maybe a pregnant woman would say, okay, let me make sure that I protect my skin and, you know, I don't want to put myself at risk for skin cancer. Um, We might be using a lot of sunblock in the summer. And what's interesting is these different chemicals that we referenced earlier can actually get into the amniotic fluid. And they also can get into the mother's milk if they are breastfeeding. And these types of chemicals, yes, they are hormone disruptors, but at the same time, if there is a fetus in the womb, it can create birth defects as well. And that could be everything from behavior issues to colic, um, even into actual physical deformities.
1: And I'm assuming that if the mother is being exposed to these even previously, would that still affect the amniotic fluid and the milk kind of down the line? So let's say, you know, as a, a woman in their 20s, using some of these things, if they are in the body, when they do become pregnant, they can be built up.
0: Definitely, and and that kind of goes for any type of chemicals. Uh, it could be from sunblock. It could be different types of heavy metals. You know, I think we hear a lot about mercury being in fish. And the thing that people don't understand is that, yes, if you change your lifestyle, you're decreasing that additional exposure. But if you have compromised detox pathways or you have a high abundance of these toxins sometimes your body doesn't know how to shed them properly so these are important things to understand is if you haven't necessarily been evaluated for these chemicals and then gone through some type of detoxification process chances are they could still remain within the body and affect a pregnancy so yes
1: and i think just talking generally about hormones it's important to mention that i think a lot of women Are diagnosed with some type of hormone imbalance or they are experiencing these types of symptoms and they don't necessarily think of it being contributed to from things like their personal products so you know we a lot of times I think you know let's say for example infertility we think oh, there's something wrong you know something is going on it's you know who knows my bad genes or whatever it is but the fact is that you could be contributing to those some of those issues buy some of these products, so yeah. I think that's important to to note as well.
0: Well, even thinking about a fair-skinned person, if they have been fair-skinned obviously their whole life, you know, they've probably been using sunblock consistently, or they started to get older using more makeup, and a lot of the makeup has, you know, these types of sunscreens in them, the SPF, so you could potentially be using, you know, these types of chemicals for your whole life, so it's it's definitely significant.
1: Well, as a fair skinned person myself, uh, (laughs) who's used a a ton of sunscreen, and I use sunscreen, you know, for the most part, if I'm going to be out in the sun for a long period of time, I'm using safer sunscreen, which we'll talk to you more about. But let's elaborate more on vitamin D because I always remember when I was in school, it was interesting to learn that, you know, we think we need the sunscreen, but then we're not. Creating the vitamin D properly. So, let's kind of clear that up for people so they have a better understanding of what they should be doing to still protect themselves from the sun, but also make sure they're getting that vitamin D uh, exposure.
0: Of course. And you know, you definitely will compromise your vitamin D absorption through using uh, lots of sunscreen and not really allowing your body to be exposed to the UV light. You know, everything in moderation, of course, but vitamin D is really an essential nutrient that we need for various reasons. And obviously sunshine is going to be the most bioavailable and it's going to be the most easily absorbed within the body opposed to taking a supplement. So getting yourself in the sun is really important for the vitamin D, especially to have proper bones because if you don't have vitamin D, you're not really going to absorb calcium into your bones. Uh, Vitamin D is absolutely essential for your immune system. So if you do have kids that are maybe getting sick a lot, a lot of ear infections, sore throats, or you're someone who who is as an adult is getting sick every few months, you know, vitamin D could be a big part of the puzzle. Don't get me wrong. There's other layers to that. But vitamin D is definitely something to consider. Um, And then if also if you're someone who has thyroid dysfunction, vitamin D plays a very big role in how well your thyroid functions as well.
1: Well, in between thyroid function and immune function, a lot of studies now are presenting that a lot of autoimmune disorders can be correlated with low levels of vitamin D as well. So if that's something that you may have been diagnosed with, you do want to have those levels tested and and possibly supplement. Um, But typically what I do, just to give my um, opinion as a a fair-skinned person who do use a sunscreen, Um, you know, what I typically do is I'll get outside for 15 or 20 minutes a day without sunscreen and try to boost my production there. As long as you have your face and your arms out, you don't have to be fully exposed to be making the vitamin D. Um, and then if you know, you're going to be outside for a long period of time, then using the sunscreen so that you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) So let's give uh, people some some ideas of what is the, the safe alternatives.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that, you know, for some of the older generation that's listening, you might be familiar with the use of zinc oxide, because zinc oxide we've been using forever um, as a form of sunscreen. But, um, you know, back in the day, it was going to be that white color. And, you know, you literally were going to, you know, look, like you're completely covered in white paste. Or
1: like the lifeguards with the white paste. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, But that's pure zinc oxide. They do make different types of sunblocks that are classified as um, nanoparticle sunblocks. And these are uh, different sunblocks that are containing specifically zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Primarily, you do want to gravitate more towards the zinc oxide sunblocks because those are safer They're completely, um, they're completely safe for the body. Uh, there's no problem problems with, um, them penetrating into the tissues. Um, so they're, they're definitely a great alternative to some of the other more commercial sunblock. So with that being said, there definitely are a few brands that you'll be able to find in different stores, even target. Um, you also can find it in some of your health food stores, things like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, etc., cetera. Um, and then when in doubt, use Amazon. <laughs> um, but Badger is a fantastic type of sunblock. The problem with Badger is some people don't really like the fact that it is thick because it is primarily zinc oxide, so they don't enjoy how it feels on their skin. Um, if that is, you know, if that's something that resonates with you, you would definitely want to consider using something called Alba Botanica which is also something you can find in your health food store or, again, even the Targets. But the one that I would say is our favorite is through Beauty Counter. And Beauty Counter makes a fantastic sunblock that's very, very lightweight. Again, completely natural, no harmful chemicals, no chemical filters, uh, nothing like that. But, again, it's going to appeal to us in this day and age, Because it's not as thick and it goes on really light and we almost don't even know that we have it on.
1: Yeah, I can personally testify, again, because I'm the fair skin gal, (laughs) um, for the beauty counter. Because I was recently away over the winter and I used that the entire time I was there. And I did have, not problems with um, the Badger, but not my favorite in terms of how it felt on my skin. Uh, But the beauty counter is much more similar to uh, your traditional Style of sunblock that we're used to yeah so let's give everybody our favorite resource for not only sunscreen but all personal products and makeup Um, and this is something called it's called uh,
0: well it's actually a website that was created by EWG which is environmental working group and they have an app as well as a portion of their website that is dedicated to um, personal products and it's called skin deep And this is something that will evaluate all different types of sunblocks as well as different types of cosmetics and other personal products but it's really useful because you will actually be able to go on and look at maybe the sunblock that you've been using um, the most over your lifetime and uh, see where it falls in their rating system and you know the rating systems once you get between seven to ten of the rating system that actually means it's very harmful and hazardous to to the body And it'll give you more information about the specific things that it's doing if it is penetrating the tissues, if it is uh, burdening the um, detox pathways, and if it's also going to uh, disrupt your hormones. So it gives you a lot of information about maybe what you're currently using, but then obviously it gives you a lot of safe alternatives because, you know, out of the uh, Badger, the Alba Botanica, as well as the beauty counter, you know, I was actually very surprised. That there are literally hundreds now of safe alternatives for sunblock. So there's definitely a lot more options out there than there ever has been. So, you know, take a look at it. And like I said, if if it's something that you're not finding in stores, you can probably order it online directly from the company or uh, finding it on Amazon.
1: Great. So, just to wrap things up, you know, if you are someone who is maybe experiencing some of these hormonal issues that we've spoken about, we would be more than happy to set up a free 15-minute strategy call with you and just guide you a little bit more on some different things that you can do um, you know, to learn more about what you're experiencing. Um, and, of course, if you opt in to this podcast, we will send you our uh, resource list, so you'll get the sunscreens that we recommended as well as our different resource uh, apps, too. So we thank you so much for listening to us, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.